In the Fuzzy Memories podcast, we celebrate the good, the rad, and the fugly of the 80s and 90s. We're three latchkey kids who made it out alive. And in each episode, we break down all the culture that popped one year at a time. Whether it's the birth of legends. I'm Lyme disease free today and I have Whitney Houston and MTV to thank. (laughs) Or audacious moves. Imagine also the the poor Golden Gate Bridge. You turn 75 and people have a party on you. I don't want that. Or even confusing PSAs. In the stop, drop, and roll. I mean, we would, I assume as an adult, I would catch on fire weekly. All the time! (laughs) We've got a take that will make you laugh. We've also got thoughts on all sorts of random phenomena and the most unmitigated of golf. Why sharks can't be trusted, people can't be trusted, and rivers can't be trusted. (laughs) It's collusion. It's of the highest degree! Uh Uh-huh. You were counseling me to start my remarks with, first of all, bitch. <laughs> that one, everyone in that room would have snapped to attention. It's going to be basically coffee lids, shark revenge, and then maybe like Matt gets. <laughs> we need to do something about him. Join us every other Wednesday to celebrate the hits, the misses, and the misfits of the weirdest decades. If I could tell my 14-year-old self from 1990 that I would be eating in a cheesecake factory in, in Beverly, Beverly Hills, I'd be like, we did it. We, we did it, Joe. We did it. <laughs> Listen and subscribe to Fuzzy Memories on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. Welcome to Broads and Books. I'm Amy. And I'm Erin. And this is a very special bonus episode. Books for every occasion. Erin, we haven't done one of these in a while. No. Where it's just a bonus with us just telling stories and maybe bringing some books in. Too. Yes. So I this know. is exciting. It is exciting. And also, by the way, books for every occasion. This is not to be confused with like appetizers for every occasion. It's no. not that. No. Or it's not dresses for every occasion. No. A day to night dress. No. It's not one of those. No. This is a legit set of occasions that would be greatly helped with an appropriate book or two. Yes. If there's one arena that you and I (laughs) can excel at and be labeled as always prepared, it's book recommendations. I will say, however, someone asked me what I'm reading and my mind goes black. Oh, yeah. 100%. If you put Mm -hmm. me on the spot, you're getting nothing good. (laughs) I also like that when we talk to authors, the same things happen to them. And they're just like, oh, God, I don't remember anything I've ever read ever. It makes me feel so validated. so validated. Yes. Yeah. Like, it doesn't just happen to us. No, it doesn't. So get this. For this bonus episode, we came up with a list of situations or moods that you might be facing this summer, this hot, hot, humid, heat dome summer. Heat dome. (laughs) We, you know, we dug through our past catalog of picks and knowledge to help guide your reading, as we do. As we do. And I'm pumped because I just like it when we're set up for success. (laughs) I love when we make success easy. Yes. It's fantastic. Achievable, ready, right in our hands. When it's based on organization, we're going to get it Mm -hmm. every time. Every time. All right. I'm going to start us off because you have the first category. Oh, yeah, yeah. I do. Okay. But I need to ask you before we get into this category. Okay. Do you consider yourself outdoorsy? Have you met me? Right. I feel like I knew the answer. So then my follow-up question is, what is the most outdoorsy thing that you 
have ever done. When I was a wee lass. <laughs> Party in, okay. No, I grew up here in Des Moines, Iowa, and there is a place in Des Moines mm-hmm. called Living History Farms. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. This is a place for those who are not familiar where you go when there's like a working farm from the 1800s and there was a house of the future. And in the 1980s, it meant solar panels, basically. And there's what else is there? There was like a Native American village and yeah. there, all these things. Probably not great today. Mm-hmm. Anyway, for kids, there was a day camp. And for some reason, either I or maybe my parents thought that this would be appropriate for me, the kid who loved to read inside in the air conditioning. Mm. Mm -hmm. So it was a week long thing where during the day you go with a group of kids and you spend that day maybe at the working farmhouse or you spend that day at the house of the future. House of the Future was kind of good. We made cookies on the solar panels and we were able to eat. That's my main memory is the cookies. The cookies. Okay. Okay. However, there was one day where, well, first off, I will say too, the very first day of summer camp, our camp counselor passed out from a heat stroke. Oh, so that's oh, where we're at. Oh, and everyone was like, oh, whoops. Okay. Someone else. Can you fill in? Let's take these kids out there. <laughs> no, you pull the plug. <laughs> nope. Man down on heat stroke is you, everyone's done. In 1988, you did not pull wow. the plug or whenever oh. this was. I don't know. Late 80s Probably, sometime. Yeah. yeah. Um, there was one day where there was a hiking excursion. I don't remember where we were going, where we were coming from, but there was a creek and it was very muddy. And I remember I was not dressed appropriately. I stepped in the mud and just had a complete shutdown. And I was like, I'm, I'm dirty and I got mud on me and I don't know what to do. And I've shut it down from my memory, but I do remember just like standing there like frozen and all the other kids and the camp counselors just leaving me and the creek to figure out myself and to calm down what and i think i've retained that lesson that the outdoors is out to get me i that's fair that is fair i don't like it i like to think of little amy maybe hearing living history farms and you were like ah history i think probably was because i love the idea of like ooh, cool there's gonna be horses and there's a farm and cool i can learn Mm -hmm. about no no Heat stroke, creek. Yeah. All bad words. It was bad. Butter churning. <laughs> bad. Except for cookies on solar panels. Cookies that was the planners. redeeming. Yeah. I think that was the last day and there was air conditioning in that building too. And I was like, hell yeah. Yeah. Why didn't we start with the house of tomorrow? Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, my key outdoors activity now, besides mowing the mm-hmm. grass, is sitting on the porch and day drinking. Yes. That's about all I can handle. Which is why you got the category that maybe you would like to seem outdoorsy this summer without really going outdoors. Yeah, because I like looking at nature through an air-conditioned window. Mm-hmm. So I got two picks, and we didn't mention that these are picks that we've talked about in previous episodes. Yes. So we're reminding you yes. of books that maybe you forgot about. Right. From the past, from history. From our history. So first one is We Went to the Woods by Katie Dolan Leach. This came from episode 72 about just being left alone, damn it. <laughs> and this was the one where there were 20-somethings that are trying to start their own sort of rustic commune yes. place. And then there's tons Ew. of drama. Yes. And I think if you read this, you can be reminded that we developed air conditioning and heat for a reason, as well yes. as living apart from other people. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. I I remember just reading that book and thinking, I'm fascinated and disgusted. At the same time. All at once. Yes. 
My like second that. pick is Burn the Place by Ileana Regan. Yes. This was from episode 52 about women doing better than men. Mm-hmm. And this was the chef who wrote the memoir. Uh, and she has a restaurant in Chicago. And she's known for foraging and back to the land kind of food. And I think you can live vicariously as she hunts mushrooms. And you can be sweat free on the couch while you're learning about that. Yes. Mm-hmm. 100% in on all of those. Yeah. Yeah, I don't need to be outside to And if someone near you gets heat stroke, that then it's time to go home. Time to pull the plug. Mm-hmm. A heat stroke is a definite deal breaker. You know where another thing that causes heat stroke raids. Yes. This is another summer activity. It is. A lot of lot of activities in the summer involve a parade. And if we recall, Mason gave his hot take on parades an episode or two ago where it was, I don't get it or I don't like it. Is I don't it understand it. I don't understand he, it. Uh-huh. He said, is that where people walk in front of you? Yes. And I said, yeah. And he said, I don't understand it and I don't want to go. I'm like, I get it, buddy. I don't either. Yeah. That's where I'm at. I mean, uh-huh. I, so yeah, my question is, do you... What do you think about parades? Do you love them? Hate them? What's what's a major parade experience of yours? I don't I don't enjoy them. I'm in the Mason category. I hate yeah. parades because mm-hmm. what is I don't understand the purpose. I'm just walked. It's hot always, and you get sunburned. Yes, it's always random people walking. It's always a corporation these days. Yes, a corporation. A lot of times it's politicians uh-huh. or like the city council people for that town. You maybe have a dance troupe in there. Mm-hmm. You got the guys in the cars with the hats. The Shriners. Yes. And they try and tell you that they're throwing candy, but it's like Tootsie Rolls or Mm -hmm. like bad, not good It's the stuff no one wants. Right. Because, again, it's hot. So you're not getting the Butterfinger bar Mm -mm. because that's melting. Mm -hmm. You're getting subpar peppermints. (laughs) So, no, I'm not down for that. You're getting sweet tarts. So many rolls of sweet tarts. So many. Yeah. Oh. So many. Yeah. And I just, I don't like it in that sense. And I also don't like it because I'm kind of in Mason's boat. Logically, it doesn't make sense to me. No. I don't understand what's happening. That's a good point. I do wonder like how parades, what, what they were intended to be and how we've co-opted that. Can you imagine the first parade? <laughs> the people, people are like, just, what, what is you happening? Unilaterally decided to walk down the street and, and everybody everyone's was just like. watching? Oh, okay. Okay. Oh, oh, he's throwing. Oh, he threw candy. That's. <laughs> That's new. Okay. <laughs> I guess I'll do this again next year. Yeah. <laughs> the neighbor really took it to the extreme. <laughs> like, how did everyone just decide, oh, you know what? I'm going to join in. Yeah. I'm going to get in on this. It's a great point. This how did great. someone decide that to get the best spot at a parade, you got to stake out your spot the night before? Days before, in some cases. And that a parade is worth that. It's not. It's not. But I'm also back on the first parade. How did you get anyone to join you? <laughs> Think like, about listen, that. You listen, see here's what we're going to do. Yes. We're going to just walk down the street and people are going to clap for us. Yeah. Think about right now. A random float goes down your street. Is there any part of you who says, yes, I'm on that? I'm going to run no. out in the street and participate. No. No. My instinct says I got to take a video of that and from my house. Exactly. Because I don't exactly. know what the hell's going on there. I don't know who, what's coming next. Mm-mm. It feels like it was just the first committee that did a parade was like a committee of six-year-olds that was like, hey, I have a great idea. Let's block (laughs) off the road. We're going to make a float with like a bunch of streamers. We're not sure what it's going to be. That's not really important. But we're going to do a lot of paper mache. It's going to be fine. Yes. Uh What's important is that we all walk in it and Uh we all throw candy at people that we see on the sides. Uh Let's do it. We're in. (laughs) So obviously, 
Well, yeah. Okay. So you hate parades. I hate them. I'm there with you. Yeah. If you're feeling festive, but you hate parades, what would you recommend? Well, I'll tell you. Okay. The first book I would recommend, because to me, a parade, you're trying to get this sense of community or yeah. it has this kind of small town feel sometimes. So I would recommend Water by Jennifer Wilson. Oh, yeah. We recommend this, this was a long time ago. Nine. Episode nine, episode when I revealed nine. my David Bowie obsession yes. to the world. Yes, yeah. it was that blessed was episode. That one. You should really go back and listen yeah. if you haven't heard it, listeners. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of a book with a hometown story with a message about doing something that actually makes a difference in your community. That's fantastic, yeah. As opposed to just marching in the streets. Yeah, that's Because we're not getting nothing. anything accomplished. Mm-mm. It'll also make you think about your own community and what role you can have in shaping what the future looks like. Mm. And if a parade's supposed to be kind of a celebration of that, yeah. like if you read a book and you get inspired, you're going to love this book. It's you know based on uh, journalists digging in deep about water and the source of water and how we're treating our water. And if that sounds boring, I should it's add not. no that the author herself often says it's also that with sex. Yep, lots so of sex. Get in there. Mm-hmm. You're gonna like it, mm-hmm. and you're gonna be happy because you did not take a Tootsie Roll to the dome. Mm-mm. You don't know where that Tootsie Roll's been. No, no, no. My second choice: American Fire. Love, Arson, and Life in a Vanishing <laughs> Land by Monica Hesse. <laughs> I recommended this in '42. This also has a small town feel. Okay. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. In a different way. Yeah. Uh, you know, they were trying to solve a five-month arson spree in their mm. little town that was taxing the firefighters that had the whole town kind of at each other That's about right. who was doing it. Um, and a journalist dug in, went there, figured it out. And honestly, what's more festive than a fire? <laughs> I mean, it's true. If we think about the 4th of July, we have a parade and then we have fireworks. Yeah. So... I'm in no way suggesting arson, but I'm just saying that, you know, I would watch that before I would watch a parade. Yeah. Well, gosh, yeah. But it also, uh, there is also a redeeming part in this book that, you know, the community coming together and them being bothered by how much work this was causing everyone was actually what they were the most concerned about, which was kind of refreshing as a community that mm-hmm. they were like, hey, you know, we're trying to all take care of each other here and we're burning down our resources. What's happening? Mm-hmm. So they kind of all banded together and that's better than a parade. It sure is. Yeah. Because a parade is sort of a forced coming together that just feels fake. Right? Right. Also, I do not like a clown just coming up on me. Oh, God, No. No. I don't. I don't like really anyone just coming up on me, but especially if you've got some weird clown makeup shit going on. I yeah. don't want it. No. I don't want it. It's crossing my boundaries. Yes. Which brings me to neighbors. Oh, gosh, neighbors. How would you define good boundaries for neighbors? Well, first off, let me tell you that I generally just keep to myself. Yes. Okay. I lived in condos and apartments for 20 years. And there, you don't talk much to your neighbors because if they're assholes, you're going to be constantly dodging them in the hallway. So it just makes better sense to just be like, all right, we're just going to nod to each other. We're not going to become friends. Okay. Okay. And also in apartment buildings, I've had my mail stolen. I've had my laundry stolen. I've had rental people come in while I'm still in bed. It's a weird situation. You're in a building and you're sort of on top of each other and the boundaries are just crossed on the regular and I hate it. Yeah. That said, I've also been a bad neighbor. Okay. Okay. Because there was one apartment that I had in my late 20s where we had a house party and we had a live musician there. Oh. In the apartment, surrounded by other apartments. And the Chicago police came, as they rightly should have. 
I made a lot of decisions fueled by peer pressure and booze. So that'll happen. Yeah. Now I'm in a house. People in the neighborhood, they wave. They point things out like, hey, that tree is going to fall. Like they're helpful. And I don't understand it. And I'm (laughs) suspicious of it. (laughs) I don't. And maybe that's just my outlook on life and people in general. That's fair, though. Coming to, yeah. to bear. So, yeah, there. I, I think that generally my boundaries are stay the fuck away from me. Mm-hmm. And but what I found living in a house is when people don't do that, it's actually for an OK reason, which is weird. Yeah. I don't get it. That is unnerving a little bit yeah. to discover that. Hmm. So if you're feeling this way and you need an excuse to not be neighborly. Oh, yeah. To be a curmudgeon. To be a curmudgeon. Like me. Yes. Then I got a couple books for you. Okay, good. One is Pew by Catherine Lacey. And we talked about this in episode 76 where we were talking about common people. And I like this one because it kind of shows how neighborliness can really just mean nosiness. Yeah. And a little bit of hypocrisy. Mm -hmm. Because everyone in this town where this strange person shows up and no one knows them and no one knows even if they're a man or a woman and they kind of are freaking out about that lack of ability to categorize this person. Mm -hmm. They all pride themselves on being good neighbors and good Christians and good community. And it's not true. And you Mm. see that throughout. You Mm -hmm. see that sort of facade of neighborliness really torn down, which is pretty gratifying. Pretty great. Yeah, I like that. Also, the book called Severance by Ah. Ling Ma. This was way back in episode 10, Mm. where we talked about corporate life horrors I believe that was called Synergy something. And Thought Showers. And Thought Showers, yeah. yes. Uh-huh. This was where she, the main character, worked in an office which was soul-crushing. And then there was a pandemic. And this was before the pandemic came to be part of our reality. Right? Now, this one, you know, it became a dystopian novel of survival. And it reminds you that when shit goes down, other people may not be safe. So, you know, people even that are neighbors in the apocalypse, maybe they're crossing boundaries. And you don't want to deal with that. Yeah. And I think that's a life lesson of 2020 in this summer as well. I agree. I wholeheartedly agree, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So another, I mean, if we're thinking about boundaries, thinking about summer, Mm -hmm. there's so many times when our boundaries are crossed in the summer because we're told our bodies have to look a certain way. Mm -hmm. We have to have a beach body. We have to have a summer ready body. Mm -hmm. People talking about your body that have no business talking about your body. Mm -hmm. So when was the first time you heard the phrase beach body? And how do you feel about that? First of all, guess what my beach body is? What is it? My body. Exactly. It's just my body. Just my it's body. beach ready because I decided it's beach ready. Just yes. like I may decide later it's coffee ready. So I'll go into a coffee <laughs> shop. Or I might decide it's pizza ready and I go out for a pizza. Or yeah. I might decide that it's sitting outside reading a book ready. Yeah. My body's my body. It just goes where I go. That's, exactly. That's the deal. So there's that. I am. Try- I was really trying to think of the first time I heard the phrase beach body. I and couldn't think of it it's either. It's so ingrained. It is. I can't think of the first time. I got to imagine it was at least middle school. 
And it was probably a women's magazine. Correct. That's what I was saying. Yep. It had to be a magazine. It was about Beachbody. But I remember that feeling. And it's so ingrained that I can sometimes almost elicit that feeling in the spring where you're like, oh, gosh. I'm yep. Especially like, here in oh. Iowa, where in yes. winter you tend to be inside more. And, you know, you had this feeling like, oh, I've put on winter weight. Now I have to get it off. No. No, you don't. No. Mm-mm. You don't. There's no such thing as a beach body. No, there is not. Also, very presumptuous that you think I want to go to a beach. And also, we live in a landlocked state. There are no beaches. Yes, yes. And yeah, why would you want to go to a beach? Gross. I don't. I I learned that there was sand fleas the other day. Sand fleas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then I realized nowhere is safe from the grossness of nature. Correct, yes. I can be in awe of it when I watch, you know, the Planet Channel. (laughs) I couldn't think of what it was called. The Planet <laughs> Channel is not accurate, but you got where I was going with it, I think. I get where you're going yeah. with it. Yeah, yeah, I can be in awe of it, but I do not need to experience it firsthand. So I know that, you know, you and I, especially over the last couple of years, have done a lot of reading, and that has changed our views mm-hmm. on our bodies in a lot of ways and helped us, like, recognize there is no such thing as a beach body. Correct. That kind of stuff. But we've also, you and I have talked personally about all the things that we've learned still sometimes crop up. In yes. Us. So absolutely. if you are getting sucked into the idea that there's such a thing as a beach body, what would you recommend to read, Erin? Well, first, I would recommend 13 Ways of Looking at a Fat Girl mm. by Mona Wad. Mm-hmm. We did this in episode 15, so a while ago. But it's 13 vignettes, short stories that are going to remind you that body neutrality is important, yeah. it's sustainable. And it's more realistic than only eating kale <laughs> or whatever other oh. weird thing you're being convinced Moon to do juice. Don't eat to it. get your beach body, which yeah. isn't going to happen because there's no such thing as a beach body. Mm-mm. Your body's just your body. So I think that that's a great example. We talked a lot about that in episode 15 yeah. about the idea of how much mental space gets taken up by worrying yes. about, say, calories or a macro ca- macronutrients. Right. Excuse me. Any of that, the exercise routines, you know, this sort of obsessiveness that then takes up all that room that so you that could you use. don't, you could use for something else, mm-hmm. that you could use for something else, which brings me to the second pick, which we both read. And actually, I think you recommended this in episode 15, Diet Land. Oh, God damn. What a just. A mind-blowing and yes. a knock-your-socks-off kind of pick. It is. It's so good. It's, a, I, it's an explosive story. Yeah. And to me, that one really hits on that last part, which is making room in your life for the stuff you want to do, whether that's writing, a career, family, hobby, whatever it is that you want to have the time to do, that's what you should be focused on, not mm-hmm. a beach body, not calories, not an exercise routine, because that's all trickery. That's what... That's, what the collective society wants you to spend time on because then you might not be successful it's and all designed to keep you small in more ways is. than one especially you women mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because yes. if you start thinking too much about other things you'll mm-hmm. realize how messed up our society is towards women absolutely mm-hmm. i also saw something on instagram the other day that was very uh thought-provoking it was talking about like hey we all have feet and we don't try to change the size of our feet. If a shoe fit doesn't fit, we don't blame the sh- we don't blame ourselves. We blame the shoe, right? And we don't then try to cut off a toe to fit. I mean, you know, maybe some people do it. 
no, you don't yeah, do that. It's so point. it's the same thing with your body. Mm-hmm. Like if certain clothes don't fit or a swimsuit doesn't fit or doesn't feel good, don't blame yourself. Blame those clothes. Like yeah. your body is your body. Find the thing that does feel good and fits. Yep. Just like with shoes. Like you said, if you put on a pair and it doesn't fit, you're going to go up a size if that's really what you want. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to find a different shoe that fits better. And that's great. And that's great. You don't. No aspirational clothes here. No. clothes that fit, that you love, that make you feel good. Yes. That's what I'm saying. And if you're not wanting to wear a bra like I am these days, then don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. But in the for the love of God, do not buy into the Beachbody <laughs> BS. Don't do it. Don't do it. Okay. Okay. What you got this next? This brings me. Okay. To an obsession that you and I kind of both shared a little mm, bit. Once you figured out what it was. Yes. Once I figured uh-huh. out what it was. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And there was a few that have happened during the pandemic, shows that kind of took over and everybody was talking about. Yeah. So have you ever watched a TV show or movie and thought that maybe you should have taken a different career path? Or has a TV show or movie ever inspired you to do something? Mm -hmm. Well, we did talk last week about how sometimes I see women kicking ass. I'm like, ooh, I'm going to take kickboxing. Yes, yes. And then I cancel the day of. So there's that. There's also like... I think I always sort of knew I wanted to write because I love to read and yes. I thought that I wanted to do that. But I think that growing up, especially like shows and movies did a sort of disservice there because it painted writers as like these independently wealthy in these cottages by the beach and yeah. they just get to sit around all day and they have free time galore and they can spend their days talking about art. Yeah. And that's not how it works. No. So that was a disservice. Now that said, I think there's so many times I'll watch something and fall into that trap where like I'm watching something, I'm watching someone create a painting or pottery or something like, oh my God, I want to do that. Yes. No skill Mm-mm. whatsoever. Mm-mm. No way to make money Mm-mm. with that. Mm-mm. So I think that that we often can fall into that idea of like a TV show or a movie painting a certain profession in a certain way. Yeah. I think that happens a lot with detective shows. It does. Like we watch a detective show and we're like, God damn, I am so smart because I figured this out. Yeah. I could be a detective. (laughs) I could do this. (laughs) That's not probably going to happen. No. Like for example, when we watched Mayor of Easttown, Mm -hmm. which is the show that once you figured out it wasn't about horses that you could get into. Or old timey. <laughs> or old timey. To call my exact awesome word. <laughs> yeah, so maybe you've had that and you yeah. watched Mayor of Easttown and then you found out that you actually can't be you a detective. You can't just be a detective. Yeah. yeah, which is a bummer. It is, but you have some picks that might get us through that. I sure do. Because one good fun thing about reading is you can solve mysteries all, all. the Time. Day. For example, the book When No One Is Watching Mm. by Alyssa Cole. And this came from episode 82, which was titled I Wish. And this is just a killer mystery. One that I think keeps us reader detectives, amateur detectives going because you're trying to figure out. And then it goes in all these crazy directions that even if you're not anticipating where it goes, it's so satisfying to watch where it goes. Yeah. I think that's the hallmark of a good mystery. Another one is The Heavens by Sandra Newman. This one came from episode 61 about changes. And this was such an interesting and beautiful story with this incredibly high concept where 
this woman is dreaming and in her dream life she's actually going back in time into Shakespearean England and then she's finding that uh oh the things that she's doing in her dreams maybe not dreams are affecting the world that she's living in when she wakes up so each chapter feels like a sort of puzzle and you have to puzzle out like wait what happened what did she do that caused this and how is this different from the world she was in yesterday it's so intricate it's so beautifully written and it's a very satisfying read oh see that's great right now you can do that and you don't have to go to the police academy no and you don't have to you know go through all the terrible things that mayor of easttown had to go through yeah that was tragic in a lot of ways yeah very much so so you're watching Mayor of Easttown. It feels very timely. It, it does. feels like, you know, it's ripped from the headlines. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. As you often hear. Mm-hmm. And that brings me to news. Mm-hmm. And good God, mm-hmm. news is depressing as it hell. It is. It is. I want to ask you, Aaron. Yeah. And I know some of the answer to this. Mm-hmm. But how much news do you consume? Mm-hmm. And also, do you have a favorite person that gives you news? Mm-hmm. Okay. I... I've had to cut back on the news I consume. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, and I think that this is very similar. We've heard from other people in the pandemic that right out of the gate, consuming too much, it overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I could feel myself shutting down in lots of weird ways because it just felt too scary. Um, so I am the type of person that really prefers to just read my news. Like I, so I can pick the article. Yep. I can kind of skim it. I can get the points. My husband, however, is an avid news watcher, so it's on a lot. So I do catch a lot of news. But and I would like to change that, but yeah, I don't that see that sounds happening. Very stressful. It and I is. Would hate that. It is very stressful. Yeah. But there is one person that I I always like to give me my news, and that is Lester Holt. Oh, I trust him implicitly. Seems like a soothing kind of. He does. Voice he has a very and, soothing yeah. voice. So he does the national news mm-hmm. right usually before the local news. It's usually right around the time we're having dinner or I'm feeding mm-hmm. the kids, and I just I like it. It's a half hour of the biggest headlines. He's very good, and he's very calm. And when it's not him, I get a little anxious. <laughs> and so that's why I know that Lester's the guy to do the job. Do you think like when Lester's telling you the news, like you don't feel like the world's going to explode? Yes, as much? I feel yeah. like for mm-hmm. some reason Lester seems calm. I've never seen flustered, so I don't know where I got that idea. But yeah. he seems calm. It's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. He's out doing it. The work. Yeah. He's doing the work. <laughs> I will tell you that I'm so invested in Lester Holt that for wow. Father's Day they did like a special thing where they were had a bunch of the male fathers that are on the staff write letters to either their kids and he wrote them to his grandkids because he's older and he read part of the letter and i cried oh my goodness i cried cried. but lester holt got a little choked up (laughs) so it felt appropriate i take my cues from lester man i don't watch any news Mm -hmm. and but that makes me like feel a little better about news yeah yeah i mean it's not bad coming from him right i don't i don't recommend a steady diet but you know <laughs> so let's say you are not watching lester holt mm-hmm. you're watching news or you're you're getting too much news you're you're just overdosing on news and mm-hmm. you feel like the world might explode which is a valid feeling what do you think someone should read Aaron? well you have two choices okay this is what the way i look at this one okay you can either embrace the terrible <laughs> Or you can turn from it. So my first pick, mm. you're going to embrace some terrible. Okay. Okay? That Unspeakable Acts, which was curated and edited by Sarah oh, Weinman. gosh, yeah. Recommended this in episode 79. So this is some cr- true crime essays and writing 
uh, that she curated. She also wrote some in there about all different aspects of the genre, about the real people that have lived different crimes, about how investigations have changed, where we got the idea. So I think that this is a good way to interact with the news in a thoughtful way. Yeah. In a way that doesn't feel overwhelming, feels interesting, and it also helps you examine your role as a consumer. Mm-hmm. Like where are pitfalls in our society where that we're shoving news into that maybe we're not actually getting the full story or maybe it needs to be fleshed out more i feel like it kind of made you look at some of those with a different lens so that's one option Uh uh-huh you could also go the other way and say no i need a lighter side (laughs) and in that case i would suggest solutions and other problems oh wow yep Mm -hmm. so this episode 72 this book is going to tell you that everything is terrible but it's also funny it's funny as hell Everything's terrible and funny. Uh huh. And she offers no real solutions. You're just dealing with difficult issues in a different way. It's a graphic memoir that highlights the importance of humor. And it makes you feel better, even though we're not solving anything. Right. You're, you still have the same issues when you're done, but you feel like someone's better with about you. It. Like yes. Lester Holt sat there and read it with you. Yes, absolutely. And he chuckled <laughs> a lot. <laughs> and then he pointed out certain things and he was like, look at that. That's pretty funny. That's funny. I don't really picture Lester Holt like guffawing. No. no I think he gets a good chuckle once in a while. But So I want to know where Lester Holt is on the scale of like, so Keith Morrison well, is over here on the right. Yeah. And where... Lester works with Keith Morrison because Lester oh. does all the intros to Datelines. <gasps> okay. Okay. He does all of them. Okay. I still haven't done a deep dive to know if he records a bunch of them at once because he's always in the same suit. Hmm. I bet he does. Yeah. Just knocks him right just out. Just knocks him out. And then he's just off for the rest of the year. So you have a Keith Morrison pop socket on your phone. I do. Do we need to get a Lester Holt one? I I don't know. Because okay. Lester has kind of like a, a place of importance. Like it's I kind see. of like yep. a special, mm-hmm. like I watch it on the news. It's not really like a fan. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. Like I don't. It's a different I sort yeah, of. Different yeah, different love. Because I, I don't know that I would be as excited to meet Lester Holt as I would be Keith Morrison. That's a good point. Yeah, I can see it from yeah. everything you said. Again, I've never seen either of these guys do their thing. But from what you said, <laughs> <laughs> from how you've described your love mm-hmm. of Keith Morrison yeah. versus Lester Holt, I can get that. It's just two different things. Yeah. yeah. I feel like Lester Holt is just really good at his job. Mm-hmm. And Keith Morrison just feels like there's a character there I'd like to get to know. Hmm. So that maybe that's the difference. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm not saying that Lester Holt, and he might be. I'm sorry if anyone's friends with Lester Holt. <laughs> he just doesn't seem like a guy that you're going to go out for a beer and it's going to be like hilarious or a good time. That's a good point. Yeah. It just, yeah. He's kind of the guy, but he's the guy you want to hear bad news from. You know, I remember my, maybe my grandparents or even my dad talking about like watching Walter Cronkite and it yeah. feels like maybe people are getting a similar vibe from yes. Lester Holt where it's like, oh, we're getting some bad news, but... We're feeling okay about but it. But Lester's in a way. delivering it. Yep. Mm-hmm. Steady and calm. Yeah. I like that. Okay. I mean, I think that that's, you know, it's the best way to take it. it Another is. way to deal is to eat your feelings. Right. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. Another really big pandemic thing that happened was the people trying food delivery services mm. that maybe hadn't done that before. Because mm. A, you need to eat your feelings, and B, people. <laughs> Why go out? <laughs> and pandemic and all of those yeah all of those things Mm -hmm. yeah so did you you've tried some food delivery services correct (laughs) yeah okay we're all on that so what would you say are the best parts 
and the worst parts of food delivery? So I was doing food delivery back in Chicago before all the apps, before all of what? this. Yes. I, uh, but I discovered like, it was a lot of like online delivering. Okay. And when I discovered that, when I didn't have to talk to people, that was just it was glorious. Yeah. Then when apps started coming out, I was like, this is even better. Because when you have the apps and you have credit payments, you don't have to scrounge for cash. Yeah. You can just send fake money over the wires yes. to this mythical restaurant that will then bring you food. And also, I love that apps during the pandemic made no contact delivery. Yes. So they just leave the food. You don't have to even say anything to the person. Boom. Done. Safe transaction. No need to make small talk. My favorite thing. That's true. That's good. I like my food, Erin. I, I like my food without talking to people. Without talking to people. So I am a pioneer in this area. You are. <laughs> you are. But for some people, this is the first time. Yeah. And there is one weird, kind of weird part of a food delivery service is that you can end up getting the same person like particularly if you live in a smaller area you might be getting the same person that's Mm -hmm, delivering food mm -hmm. a lot and that's a judgment i don't need it is a judgment and also like some people have weird fantasies about like delivery drivers come and deliver their food and then i'm like that nope that doesn't play any role whatsoever no those two things do not go together that is a pornographic fantasy yes not a real thing terrible in real life oh can you imagine that person would smell like food a lot of food. A lot of food. Like and greasy, greasy food. I also, I just don't want the two interactions mixed. No. No. I want my boundaries clear, Erin. Yes. I'm. This is eating time. I'm not, yes. I'm not interested in sexy not time t- at the moment. <laughs> just in eating time. Just in eating time. Yeah. And also, like, there's a... Uh, you know, you bring me food. I got to eat it while it's still hot. Yeah, I have time, time to, like, this. dilly-dally. Yeah. No. 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 God. So maybe you sort of developed a weird relationship with your food delivery Yeah, one driver. of judgment, one of weird fantasies. Yeah. Who knows? Whatever that is. And uh-huh. you're still not in the dating world. You, no. This is not a thing you're going to do. Gross. What do you read while you're eating your hot food? I got a couple hot picks for you. Good. Okay. One goes all the way back to episode two, Erin, oh on gosh. Crazy Women. It's oh. I Love Dick by Chris Krause. <laughs> 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 and I picked it because the main character has this insane like fantasy about this guy that she sort of knows and then follows that fantasy to just insane conclusions and it reinforces that fantasy is always better than reality reality is going to disappoint you good point yeah yeah so you got a weird fantasy about that delivery driver Uh uh-uh don't do it not gonna work Mm -mm. not gonna work and then you'd never be able to eat food from there again you'd never be able to order from there again yeah that's no good I don't take out a whole food group. Right. My second pick is a more recent one from episode 89. It's called A Certain Hunger by Chelsea G. Summers. Yes. (laughs) Because especially if you don't want to date, this will reinforce that because dating ends up in cannibalism. And that's not a great place to end up. So, you know, it's reinforcing, hey, you don't feel like it, don't do it. Don't do it. Stick to your boundaries. They're good. They're Mm -hmm. there for a reason. Yes. And you can make your own food at home? I don't know. You mean like as a cannibal? Is that what you're saying? Or did I take that wrong? <laughs> I was trying to get back to our main theme. It's like, I don't know where to go, so I'm going to say that. I know you were Yeah, like, I'm not encouraging our listeners okay. to turn cannibal. I, I didn't know for no, a second, but that's no, all right. No, I was, no. was going to follow you. I was going to follow you. 
And on the thought of cannibalism, let's talk about family reunions. Yes. Yeah. Cannibal. Because <laughs> if there's going to be one, it's at your family reunion. We've been talking about a lot of summer stuff. Mm-hmm. Things that we hate. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about family reunions, Erin? You know, honestly, I'm conflicted. Mm. I know this might surprise some people. My, I know a lot of people dread them. And I can understand that. Mm-hmm. I also, there are some parts of it I like, like if it's an opportunity to see relatives that you enjoy that you don't normally see. Also, we all know that I, you know, am rife for some weird happenings. And there, that's a great place to see some weird things that's go down. An excellent point. So if you can swallow it for a day and just really dive in, I and think just there's go nuggets. In with the perspective of, I'm going to get some stories out of this. Yes, I'm yeah. going to get some stories. Just keep your eyes open. Try mm-hmm. not to be annoyed by the things that annoy you and just sort of. That's an excellent Take way what of doing you can it. get out of it. Yeah. Like you're a journalist going to cover yes. stories. Yes. Yes. Another option that I feel like which these reading picks might help is like, you can just take your own stories that aren't true. Cause sometimes oh. what you don't feel good about at a family reunion is like, I don't really want to talk about That's this or so that true. in my life. And you always end up with that one relative that asks that exact question. Like every time I don't want to talk about yes. this right now, every time just rubbing that wound. Right. So this is where I say you read some books and you come prepared with some stories that aren't yours, oh, but you pass them off as yours. Yes. So some places you could take inspiration followers by Mm. megan angelo from episode 91 Mm -hmm. so this is a really deep look at what makes family your actual family Hmm. there's some great lessons on forgiveness there's also reality tv star in there there's some crazy stuff that happens in that book but that you could kind of pass off as your own that's an excellent idea so there's that yeah and you might hear some weird stories at family reunions but at least you don't have to explain why you're a reality TV star, which they do in that book. Just saying. Also, you could kind of take it as like if the family reunion's going bad, yeah. you could think back to that book and think, well, at least we haven't lived through the technology apocalypse yet. <laughs> <laughs> at least we have that coming. And my other pick harkens back to episode 17. Ooh. Miracle Creek by Angie Kim. Oh my goodness, blast from the past. Yes, but this one to me is like kind of a reminder of how important family is. Yes. And how you can want the best for them, but you really can't do that unless you communicate with them. Mm-hmm. You, the only way to get the answer of what's best for someone is to ask them. Have That's an open crazy. dialogue. Yeah. And I think it's a good example that there's a, lo- a reminder that there is a lot of stories in the world, in our community, and in our family that we don't know sometimes. The best stories, I feel like, sometimes come out at family reunions. Oh, the God, things yeah. that you never knew. Yes. And I think that this book encompasses that perfectly. It's That's a whole fantastic. bunch of stories. That they weren't talking to each other. They had no idea what everybody else was encountering and experiencing. I really love the idea of a family reunion where everyone just goes with like the idea of, like, I'm just going to be honest about everything. Yeah. Can you imagine some of the things that would come out? I can't imagine there'd ever be another family reunion. <laughs> <laughs> So you'd have to make a really good, just come with all your worst humiliations or made up stories. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's a good way to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right. I don't, I've never had a family reunion except really? for just like, you know, holiday gatherings okay. of like extended family and stuff. But, but never but, like a, oh, we're all going to the, like everybody's coming and we're having like a three day picnic. No. Do you have family reunions? Uh, we used to, um, on one side of my family, have them like once a year. Mm-hmm. Um and I think some 
part of it, they might still have like an extended one. But I remember when we were younger, it was fun because there was other people our age that we never got to see mm. and they have like different stuff outside. And I don't know, there was some part of it that was enjoyable because I don't remember thinking, oh no, like this is going to go bad. Yeah. So I think that's what it was is that I, I sort of enjoy moments where you find out stuff you didn't know For sure. or yeah. you know, people share things that you just never thought that they would mm. and i don't hate that Mm-mm. plus it's always good it's like someone's always gonna fall down oh yeah somebody's always gonna do something weird with a food item that you've never seen before <laughs> like what is that <laughs> what isn't that salad is that a salad are you sure can that be called a salad <laughs> at a family reunion it can mm-hmm. so you know it's I always gotcha. gonna be probably like in a weird church basement which is Ugh. that part's not great but yeah, yeah more stories again but that's true yeah yeah well, maybe I've been missing out yeah. family reunions. I don't. Well, I wouldn't jump on step on the gas, but <laughs> maybe just read these picks. Okay, I'll read those instead. Yeah. Wow, these were eight situations, summer situations, summer situations, so many summer situations. And I think we gave you some good ways to deal with it. I hope so. Yeah. I I hope it's clear that our answer for dealing with anything is really just read books. <laughs> <laughs> just opt out and read a book. Listen, we That's stay on message. Advice. We stay on message, and that is, yeah, read a damn it's book. It's too hot. Just too read cold. a book. Yeah, you need sunscreen, so just read a book. <laughs> Don't put that stuff on. Uh-uh. You got to spray yourself with bug spray? Nope. Ugh. Read a book. Gross. Read a book instead. Read a book. Yeah. Tempted to go to a parade? Don't. Don't do it. Read a book. Yeah. Excited about your delivery driver? Not okay. Mm-mm. Read a book. Mm-mm. Well, the good news is we'll be back next week. <laughs> And until then, happy reading. I'm up again. Same night, another dream. Before trying this recording thing, I didn't remember much of anything of these dreams. I didn't remember much from any of the women. And one night of doing this, and it's broken things open. The dreams are, they're in me, and they're they're coming out of me, and... Talk to me. I am not broken. I am the most whole, most real. Cause their despair. I cause their despair. I wait for the word. I wait for the word. Witch. Witch. Look at the mad woman in her cage. She was a woman with holes inside her. That was the heaviest factor, the final evidence, the heart of the issue. Somehow, you understand this. You, you, you hear me. Wherever you are, whatever this is, you... This isn't a dream journal anymore. It's not, that's just, it's just fact. <laughs> because now this is, this is some sort of record. What are these dreams? Maybe there's a better question. Who are these women? Weird Woman is a Broads and Books production. All nine episodes are available January 10th. Listen and subscribe to Weird Woman on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and your favorite podcast platform. That's W-Y-R-D, woman, wherever you listen to podcasts.